This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 146. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're joined by Ken Elliott. Ken lives in Columbia, South Carolina, where he is a full-time webmaster at a law firm. He is also a co-owner of Be Creative Media Solutions, an agency that supports small and medium businesses with digital branding solutions. He's a co-organizer of his local WordPress meetup, which is on a bit of a hiatus due to COVID. Welcome, Ken. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We're glad you're here, too. Thanks so much for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, so um, pretty much what I do is I provide brain solutions to small and medium-sized businesses that are looking to kind of grow and scale um, for those companies that are, they don't know where to get started with their actual online branding space. And I provide them with kind of general solutions to get them going so they can kind of get their reach out to their audience. So are you more of a front end web person than designer or do you also, I see your t-shirt that no one else can see that says code on it, <laughs> South Carolina code. So tell us a little bit about your skill set when it comes to web, being a webmaster and also um, doing the branding that you do. Yeah, absolutely. And so I started out doing uh, web development pretty much we'll say 22 years ago. And so I learned how to build my first website. I was in AOL chat rooms, which was super popular 22 years ago. And then I learned, hey, someone else was doing a website. They said, hey, I built a website. I was like, well, if you build a website, so can I. So I ended up making my first website using Microsoft Word, which was the only way I knew how to make a website at that time. Then I also proceeded to learn how to go into view source and grab code and um, go into the bookstore, go and looking at different resources at the bookstore on how to learn different coding. So you can kind of say I'm a bit of both. Um, I learned HTML, CSS um, before I entered college. And then I learned how to do PHP in um, databasing while I was in college. So I learned a lot of stuff pre-WordPress before I even learned what WordPress was. Wow, that's right. You've got a pretty thorough background there going back a long <laughs> way, a long way. Um, how did you get started in the branding aspect of things? Well, what I ended up realizing was when I would build websites for some of my clients, they didn't know what to do next. It was, here's a website. And it's like, oh, okay, thank you. And then I guess they just assumed that the website would bring people to them. And so I was like, okay, so let me help guide you on how to reach your audience now that this website is here. Okay, maybe you should put some more strategy into social media. Maybe you need some business cards and actually go and be in front of the actual audience that you need to reach out to. That way you could jump some business. It's not like the field of dreams with a website. It just doesn't happen. You have to do the work to get people in. Yeah, that's a that's a tough lesson for a lot of businesses to learn. I mean, maybe less so in a COVID world where everybody really appreciates the online factor. But if you're going back 20 some odd years, you know, if I have a website, isn't that enough? And um yeah, that's, that's a tough lesson. I want to talk a little bit, just for old time's sake, about buying books about writing code and making websites, because I think the three of us have probably all done that. 
And there's a there's a certain nostalgia that uh, that you stirred up in me, Ken, when you mentioned that. Share with <laughs> us about the books you bought and what did you get and what was that experience like? Uh, I honestly wish I still had um, my books. I took them all in the office because it's kind of like that reminder of humble beginnings. And so every time you look at the books, it's like, wow, look at what I used to do 10, 20 years ago. And then I look at how stuff is now where you could just easily go on, um, uh, was it Stack Overflow or YouTube or whatever, and you could just copy and paste code. And so when you get, when you got the books back in the day, you had to actually read through and actually do trial and error. Okay, let me type it in. Let me figure out if this works with the actual solution that I'm trying to get it to do. And then if it doesn't, okay, well, maybe I need to go find another book. And so it could be a costly investment for us on the front end, but it's almost that reminder of, wow, look at these pages I have to flip through and actually read the code and figure out what actually will apply to my solution. Yeah, that's 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 definitely there, right? You know, and am I reading it correctly? And did I miss something? And why isn't this working? And there's nothing more on that page. And I've checked <laughs> the index, and there's, yeah, it's a it's a different world. It's a different world. Tell us a little bit about WordPress and how you discovered WordPress and um, and your history with it. So I ended up, I'll say. I, didn't, I wasn't searching for WordPress. I think it was more so WordPress found me in that moment because I was in a kind of a bit of a point where I was trying to build a, like everybody, a quote unquote social media network. At this time, it was kind of like a nightlife uh, website in which the PHP and the database would manage all of the um, all of the details of the website. That way I wouldn't have to worry about going in and out or whatnot, having to change the code and all of that stuff. And so I was trying to find an easier way to make updates to these uh, websites without having to do a whole bunch of PHP coding. And so I realized that WordPress allowed for the ability to add content, make changes, you know, and it did all the stuff I already knew in PHP and um, MySQL. And so I just kind of got into it, tried it out, see how I liked it. Of course, I had to make some minor changes to it and the PHP to get do exactly what I wanted to do. But... Um, that's kind of was my entry into WordPress. And then how about the WordPress community? Where did, where did, where did that come about? Oh, wow. So it was funny was when I first was introduced to WordPress, it was 2010 and I was still kind of on the fence of, okay, do I really like WordPress? I, I feel like I'm cheating because, you know, there's a part of you that wants to still do HTML hard code. You want to prove that, yeah, I'm still the original. And so I felt like WordPress is just a kind of a, a um, cheapskate solution to web, uh, web design. But then as I kind of continued to learn and appreciate what web, uh, WordPress was providing, um, I was already a big user of one of the hosting providers out there. And so they sent me an email um, in 2016 saying, hey, you should come to the um, WordCamp meetup in Atlanta, which was my first WordCamp um, ever. And I went, and I, just to say the least, that was probably a life-changing event for me. Yeah, we hear that a lot. What, what caught your attention the most? What made the biggest impact on you that day? 
But when I showed up that day, of course, like any conference, you're kind of overwhelmed with what's all is going on. You're just like, wow, there's a lot here. And especially um, if you've been to Atlanta, you know, Atlanta is one of the larger ones in the nation. And so you're talking about a good three, four, 500 people. And so I was like, wow, I didn't realize this place, this place could fit three, four, 500 people. And so when I walked in, I was like, wow, I'm a little bit overwhelmed. And then there was this one young lady, she walked up to me, I guess, cause she saw I looked very puzzled. And she, she was like, hey, um, you look like you're a little bit lost. And I was like, yeah, I'm a little bit overwhelmed right now. She's like, hey, well, don't worry. This is where everything is at. And she pointed me to, okay, here's the vendors. These are where the sessions are at. And matter of fact, she even took the time to um, escort me to where she was sitting at with a couple of other people from the WordPress community that she wanted to introduce me to. So it was almost like there was this natural loving um, care, you know, just care of, hey, you're a part of the community. Let me show you the people who are here and let me help guide you around what is a WordCamp. Yeah, that's a great experience. That's fantastic. Uh, having been to Atlanta, I think I was there in 2018. It's an enormous WordCamp spread over at least two and maybe like two and a half or three floors. And yes. um, yeah, I, there's a lot to get overwhelmed by. I'm so delighted that you had such a welcoming experience. And that then at some point led you to think about getting involved with being an organizer yourself. You said, uh, we shared earlier in our conversation that you help organize your local meetups. Tell us a little bit about that. How'd you get involved with that? And so what I wanted to do was after kind of having these amazing, going to these amazing word camps um, in the region, um, I eventually was like, you know, it would be great if we had something like this in Colombia. And so I ended up kind of doing a little digging and I ended up reaching out to the original organizer of the one in Colombia. And I was asking her, hey, I see that um, you haven't had a meetup in a little bit. Is it possible? Are you looking for help or are you planning to have other meetups in the fusion? And so what ended up happening was she kind of had to step back because she was... Um, just like all of us, we're so busy with so much stuff. You can't do everything at the same time. And being that she was the only organizer, she didn't have anybody to help assist her. And I said, hey, well, I've been to um, numerous WordCamps and WordPress meetups. I would love to assist if you need some um, help with anything. And she said, sure, absolutely. And so she um, added me on as a co-organizer. And I think for this point, we haven't had a meetup yet just because, you know, kind of COVID has put a lot of things to halt, but we would love the opportunity to do that. And that's how I kind of got involved with the Columbia meetup for WordPress. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Just, you know, hey, I, this is a great community. I had a great experience. I'm enjoying engaging with that community. We're not doing anything locally. Can I help address that? Fantastic. And then, of course, you know, COVID changes everything, changes yeah. everything. I'm going to, oh, Tara, I'm going to, I'm going to share the mic a little bit. Now I'm going to keep hogging. Apparently Tara and I are waving <laughs> at each other back and forth. I think you're probably going to do what I was just going to do. So keep going. You're on a roll. All right. So I, I was going to ask one more question before we got to anything else. Did you want me to jump into something specific, Tara? All right. So can you, you, you work full-time at a law firm and as a webmaster, and then you have this additional project, a different additional business. I'm sorry. It's more than just a project on top of that. What was your kind of mental approach to, what was your experience of, I've got this full-time job, I'm doing stuff I presumably like because I'm working there full-time. 
it's not fulfilling everything that I need or want. I'm going to do something else. Could you just explain a little bit about kind of the intellectual and emotional impetus behind starting Be Creative? Yeah, so Be Creative was in just one of the things my business partner was the one who approached me about Be Creative. So really when I started my full-time um, a little over, you know, 10 years ago, it was the idea, okay, full-time, I got to, you know, make a, I got to make some money because I have a student loan. I got to take care of my student loans, which, you know, of course, is what everybody's mindset is when it comes out of, when it comes out of college. Um, but then also my business partner approached me a little bit after, I'm going to say either before or after I got the full-time job saying, hey, I see that you do websites. I do graphics. I would love the opportunity for us to kind of collaborate on this um, project and maybe build something. And so really um, my full-time and um, my business with my um, co-partner has been kind of married hip to hip because we've been doing it the same amount of time. And so kind of emotionally, I think both of them supply a need where my full-time I'm taking, I think you do both of them kind of together. So like with your full-time, you take some of the business aspects of what you learn from the full-time and you apply it to your actual business. And then you take all the coding from your business, from actually what you do as a business, and you can apply some of those different techniques and strategies to the actual coding that you're doing in the full-time. Did you know your business partner before your approach to join? I mean, obviously you probably knew who they were, but was it a, was it a close friend, longtime associate, something like that? So it was a kind of a natural fit, it sounds like. We ended up actually knowing each other from a part-time job at a grocery store that we worked at. Um, we were both baggers and <laughs> he, he knew I actually did um, web design. I didn't know too much about him doing graphic design at the point, but um, I guess, you know, through Facebook because we kind of connected on Facebook or whatnot. And he's like, oh yeah, I see that you do some graphic work. I mean, some uh, web work, maybe we should consider doing this project um, together because I think he was doing like a website for his church and he understood the graphics, but of course he didn't understand the website aspect. And so he reached out to me and said, Hey, can you help with the website portion of it? And I do the graphics. I was like, sure, absolutely. And so that's how we ended up kind of growing into be creative, be the solutions now. Great. Good story. Um, thanks for sharing that. I'm going to pivot to a question that we ask all of our guests, which is about success. So I want to ask you uh, what you consider a definition of success that you work with in your life and, um, and how you implement it in your life or how you view it. And so when I first started out, I mean, you right out of college, you know, it's even before then, you know, success is all about how much you make, what, you know, money, how much is in the bank account, all that stuff. And I think now I'm kind of at a juncture, especially with um, the pandemic, it has given me time to, you know, do a little bit of self-discovery and figure out exactly what is most important for me in my life. And so I tell people this all the time now, especially um, this year, I, I am, success is what ultimately makes me happy. What, what, do, what do I feel like, what is the things that I do that truly make me happy in life? And then along with that, what can I offer to someone else to make them happy, which is the purpose. And so I want to make sure that my passion, that what I do that helps fulfill me also helps someone else fulfill their purpose in life. And I think 
that's what truly makes me happy. So when I do websites, websites are solely to help a small business or medium-sized business to grow and hopefully put them in a position where they can help someone else with their passion and their purpose. And I think that's what I kind of title success as is helping someone else to help someone else. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's it's a win-win all around then when you feel good about what you're doing. So are you, um, when you are selecting businesses to work with, are they, are they certain types of businesses that you're helping or is there a broad range? I think it's more of, well, I'm very particular in regards to, I want to make sure that they know exactly where they see themselves 15, well, like five, let's say five, 10 years from now. Like, it's not just, hey, I woke up this morning, I want a website. Oh, okay, well, tell me more about what this website's going to be about. And then, okay, well, where do you see this web business going in five years? And they can't tell you. I, I like to have people and organizations who could easily rattle off, okay, this is my company's mission. This is the vision. This is the audience. This is who we're trying to strive to go after. That way, when it's time for us to build a website for whatever their goal is, we can just say, okay, understanding what your goal is, this is how we should lay out the website and workflow it this way so that you can reach the desired audience that you're trying to capture. Can I ask you a, a kind of a business workflow logistics question? Sure, absolutely. How, how do you engage with your clients, your Be Creative Media clients, if you're 40 hours a week in somebody's <laughs> law firm? Is that your, does your business partner lead on that? Or is it mostly email? Because um, you've established a flow that I think a lot of our listeners would, would look to, like to emulate in some way. And I just wondered a little bit how you manage that. Yeah. So the biggest thing with the flow and and I'll say this, a lot of our clientele comes from word of mouth. And so when word of mouth is really good, it's easy to get business. You don't have to worry about, OK, well, let me put something on Facebook to find some leads or let me, you know, cold call people who might need websites. You just rely on your clientele to do it for you. So if you could do one really good website and ask that person, hey, do you know two or three other people who could use our services? And then hopefully maybe you can ask them for a virtual introduction or, hey, can I get their number so I can call them and get in touch with them? That makes it a whole lot easier instead of doing so much of the, okay, who's going to be the next lead? Who's going to be the next person? I got to go out here and search actively for this. It makes that process a whole lot easier. Yeah, I like that. And I, I want to ask you about that because sure. it's one thing to ask the client with whom you've worked for the last few months, hey, can you give me a recommendation? With like, And then they might even say, yeah, and I'll introduce you to these three other folks. What's that first phone call like? How do you talk? To, how do you deal with that? Right. I mean, a lot of if you're used to email, if you're good at text messaging, all of a sudden it's a phone call and hey, hire me because I'm good or hire us because we're good. <laughs> That's a different kind of conversation that can be a challenge. Have you done that? And what has worked for you? Actually, phone calls are better for me. And here's the thing about like phone calls, because during that time, just like any face-to-face, -face, like when you're hearing people's voice, you kind of get an idea of their passion for their project. And so when you hear my voice saying, hey, I would love to do your website. I'm interested in your actual project. If you would, can you um, 
can I get your email, all this information, and I'll send you this questionnaire and we can go ahead and get started on your project, start kind of figuring out if we want to do it, that type of stuff. I mean, they'll get an idea, okay, this individual is truly invested in what we're trying to do. And then they're more inclined instead of actually, because you know how email and text is, I'll, I'll come back to it when I want to come back to it. Necessarily, you can put your phone on the side, you can never, but for most people, when they get a phone call, they're going to pick up the phone because in most cases, the phone either vibrates or rings and then it lights up. And so you can't help but pay it any attention, you know, pay attention with like a text or email. You can choose if you want to answer it or not. Yeah, I'm looking at your website now and your phone number is very prominent. So I imagine you're encouraging people to call you and that makes a lot of sense. Do you find that the people who call you are are good leads? They're ready to 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 be in the market to hire or are they kind of, what do they call it? Tire, what do they call it when you're checking the tires? What is it called? Okay, kick, kicking, kicking the tires. The tires. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll tell you, it depends on who, who they are and kind of what they're looking for. So we use our website not so much as a lead manic, but as much, but more as a reinforcement of what we've already talked about prior to. So when a lot of people, we talk to them on the phone, we say, hey, um, we heard what you wanted. We're, we're interested in helping. Have you taken a look at our website? In most cases, they haven't. Um, so we say, hey, take a look at our website. Let us know what you think. If you love what we do, which I'm pretty sure you will, just give us a call. We'll love to chat with you. Or we'll say, hey, our, you know, sh we'll shoot you an email with our questionnaire. You can fill out the questionnaire. And hopefully between those two items, they'll uh, follow back up with us. And if they don't follow back up, I have I give them a week. I'll call them back in a week. Hey, just want to see what's going on. Make sure. I know you're busy. Life is busy. So I want to make sure that you're um, still interested in that website. And then if they are, they'll most likely finish the questionnaire. If not, then we might try another couple of weeks to say, hey, Hope you didn't forget about us. I know life is hard, but just want to make sure that you're still interested in that website. And so it's just kind of the repeat process of making sure that they're still interested. Yeah, yeah, it's like the the consummate sales process, making sure you follow up with those leads and and all that. So sounds like it's a good process that you have in place. Um, Ken, I want to ask you about um, underrepresented in tech which is how we found you. And I know that's a new initiative by um, Ali Nimmons and I think Michelle Frechette. And I really love what they're doing. And so I wanted to ask how you found out about that and um, what it's meant for you if you've heard from other people or talk a little bit about that if you would. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanna say that Michelle and Ali actually reached out to me, which they're awesome. I'll just go ahead and <laughs> yes, give them, they are. <laughs> I'll give them as much kudos as possible. Haven't chatted with them because I haven't been on Twitter as much. I've been on Clubhouse um, heavily. Oh my gosh, recently. have you? Okay, yeah, I have that too, but I haven't gone down that rabbit hole yet. <laughs> yeah, stay away from that rabbit hole because you can spend a ton of time on there. So make sure you put limits on that. But um, when I am on Twitter, I would reach out to them now and again. And a lot of times I'll just reach out to them in the um, messengers just to say, hey, how you doing? Just making sure y'all are good, uh, checking in, because I like to check in with everybody. But um, yeah, they ended up reaching out with um, to me and saying, hey, we have this new initiative. We want you to test it out and see how you like it. Because um, we want to help um, underrepresented uh, communities to be uh, recognized in spaces where, you know, if, you know, we all feel we should be in. Anyway, it should be, you know, equal in that aspect. But um, 
So the big thing was, hey, test it out. Let us know what you think. Let us know if the workflow is good. Um, is it something that you would use? Of course, I said yes, because it is something I'd use. But um, yeah, anytime anything I could use to help actually for the betterment of, um, of an underrepresented community, I am willing to help as much as possible. Yeah, and we're so glad that you did. We're, we're delighted that you're here. And we're, and as, as Kenneth, as you and I had chatted in advance of this call, and one of the challenges that we have with Hallway Chats, because we don't want it to just be the Tara and Liam Friends show, is we don't know who we don't know. And, and because the WordPress community is global, it, as well as it is local, it, it's tough, especially with no more WordCamps. You know, we can't meet you in the hallway at, at WordCamp Atlanta, at least not in the uh, immediately foreseeable future that the kind of tool like underrepresented in tech affords podcast folks and other people who really do want to step outside of their own circles and engage with people who are, you know, uh, hugely valuable in every sense of the word is it's great. So we're, we're delighted that you were on there. We're delighted to have found you and we're so delighted to be spending time with you today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a great website. I was introduced to a lot of people um, that I, hadn't heard of and and um, was happy to read about their skill set and, and what they're doing and looking for. So so uh, how do you know Ali and Michelle? Have you met them in person at WordCamp or just from online? <laughs> most of them, most of the people I meet are online, which is yeah. really funny. And so like I would, and, and I kind of, it's, you know, hindsight 2020, I regret it now, but um, I wish I would have went down to Miami in 2020 if I'd have known that would have been the last major WordCamp, you know, pre-post, pre um, pre-pandemic, I would have been right there. Um, I did end yeah. up going to Greenville, um, and I've met a lot of people in Greenville doing the same thing. Like, it's, what's really funny for me is I do a lot of my conversations in the hallway, which which is exactly like I'll, I'll go into sessions, but then. I'm so excited to catch up with all of my peers and friends in the WordPress community. I'll, I think I'll spend 75% of my time in the hallway talking with everybody who I haven't seen in so long, just catching up, making sure they're good and make sure they're well. So I, 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 I love to introduce myself to people. So when I see them online, I try to make sure, hey, when I see you and hopefully, you know, post pandemic, um, two, three years, hopefully that's when we'll be back together. But um, hopefully when I see them again, I can be like, hey, big hug, maybe hopefully we could do a hug. We'll see. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ken, hallways and WordCamps are a great place to get advice. I'm going to use that to segue into our, our second signature question. And it's around advice. And it's what advice have you been given or have you read or have you picked up from someone else and successfully implemented in your life? What's the best bit of advice that you've heard or received and worked into your life? Wow, I feel like it's, I feel like it's hard, like, cause um, I know sometimes they'll say, especially in tech, that you should always be changing and you should always be kind of in a pivoting position where you're always able to receive whatever or learn whatever because nothing stays constant, right? And so always be in a place where you can always change. But even for me recently, I think the one I've kind of picked up on more now is being empathetic and being compassionate. Always be in a, because you never know 
when someone just needs a kind word or just needs an ear to listen to. And so just sitting there, hearing what they're saying, sometimes I understand, I agree, I, I feel your pain. And really that's what customers want a lot of time because they don't know what they want until you tell them what they want. And so they have this big idea in their head, but the idea hasn't been conceptualized enough for them to understand, okay, this is how this will look. And so they come to us with the idea of, okay, can you tell me what this big idea in my head is and can you help express it to me? And so my job is to listen intently and hopefully based on what they're giving me, because you know, sometimes you can't get in their heads. Their, their, their minds are always larger than what they're saying. And so I'm trying to get as much out of them from their words so I can actually piece together what they need done. And so I think compassion and empathy, just understanding what the issue is, un kind of understand what their pain points are, figure out what they're trying to really accomplish, helps you to understand what the overall goal and what their real purpose is. Yeah, that's good advice. I think it applies to so much these days. I think a lot of us don't take the time to listen or think about where someone else is coming from and it gets us in a lot of a lot of the troubles that we see happening around us today. So it applies to business as a, you know, as a client service company and it applies to being a human being in the world. So I appreciate your sharing that on both levels. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more that an active commitment to empathy is, it's never going to go wrong for you, right? You know, you might not get what you want out of this relationship or that relationship, but that, that may just be because the other side of the equation, right? And 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 giving people the time and, and trying to see their point of view, even if you don't agree with it, is, is I think always a worthwhile endeavor. I get that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Can we have just a few minutes left in our time together? It's hard to believe that 30 minutes is almost gone. And I wanted to ask you, just trying to, you seem a very positive person and clearly you're empathetic. What's one really good thing that has come out of this COVID world for you? Obviously, maybe not on balance, you would want it in light of all the tragedy and toughness that's happened. But what's one good thing that's, that's happened for you either personally or professionally? Yeah, I think it goes back to, um, like I said, last year. And I had my mind made up on so many things that I wanted to accomplish in 2020. It's just like, yay, new decade, new year. We're going to do so many amazing things in 2020. And you're so excited about it. But then you realize when the pandemic hits, you're like, oh, my goodness, it wasn't, it, it wasn't meant to be. And so it gave me an opportunity to, as I mentioned earlier, rediscover what is really my per what is really the reason why I'm here? Why am I here? Who am I supposed to be serving? Who am I supposed to be taking care of? Who am I supposed to be helping to grow and build in their life so that, and it's sometimes, you know, how we are, especially in social media, we always want to be in the limelight. We want to be first and we want to be seen and we want to have a million followers. Oh, whoop-de-dee for a million followers. But how are you impacting those million? I would rather impact 50, 100 people and have them really appreciate what I'm offering to them and doing for them as a service than to impact a, a million people who don't even know what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. 
I think that's really important is to be in a position where you're always of a service to somebody. And I think that was the most important thing from the pandemic is to remember, it's not about me. It's about how I'm helping those around me. I think that's just super important. That's excellent. What an excellent wrap up to this conversation too. I really uh, thank you for sharing that and inspiring others to take the same approach and the same view of, of the pandemic and of moving forward out of it too. So thank you so much, Ken. It's really been a pleasure to have you on Hallway Chats today. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you online? Well, you can find me under my handle, Kenneth Speaks, um, K-E-N-N-E-T-H Speaks, um, on Twitter, Instagram. You can probably find me on Facebook as well and on LinkedIn if you want to follow me there. But I'm usually more on Twitter more than any of them. Um, yeah, those are pretty much the big ones. We'll see if Kenneth Speaks gets a website in the future. We'll see. Not sure. Um, I have a couple of website projects, personal brand projects up my sleeve. So we'll see what happens. Great. Well, thanks again for joining us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Best thanks, wishes. Ken. What a pleasure. Bye-bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.